2: I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
3: Hello and welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live every Tuesday from roughly 12 to roughly... Hey, 12.45, 12.50, on the Heritage Radio Network in Bushwick, Brooklyn! Joined, as usual, with Nastasia the Hammer uh, Lopez, Jack in the booth, and special guest star on today's show, Nick Wong. How you doing, Nick? You have to talk into the mic He's just going to sit there and he's going to shake his head? So Nick's special mode of being guest is just going to be <laughs> to lean back and go, you can't see it, but imagine someone looking back and closing their eyes almost, almost, not 100%, just back and forth now. No, no, no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Nick was, uh, originally we met him at the French Culinary Institute. He was one of the uh, tech interns, then go, went, went to work at Sambar. How long did you work at Sambar? Before, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is killing me, brother. Two years, and then for some reason, he just, where, where did you go, then Gramercy or something like this? And then he went out, uh, where the hell do you go? You went to uh, Costa, Chris Constantino's place, uh. Uh, Encanto. The no longer, no longer extant Encanto. Chris has a new restaurant, and now, for some reason, that, uh, escapes us, he's back at Songbar. Right? Right, Stas? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Listeners have no way of knowing if this guy's really in the studio. Yeah, I know, he's being a You bigotry. could be making him up, it's like an imaginary <laughs> friend, you know?
3: You know what, he's gonna have an imaginary lunch after this. <laughs> <laughs> have, like, imaginary, imaginary pizza. And then he will then become my imaginary friend. The imaginary pie here is not
1: that good also.
3: <laughs> oh, calling out their imaginary pie. I am. Um, what, uh, what varieties of imaginary pie do they have here? Uh, there's, there are a few. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. Pe- they have yeah. pecan pie? <laughs> or a pecan? Imag- we already went through this on the air. Pecan or pecan? Oh, pecan. Pecan, because we're northerners. I think if you're from yeah. the south, isn't it pecan if you're from the – no. I or is guess. it the other way around? Is it pecan if you're from the north and pecan if you're from the south? We've had this discussion, and I'll have it till the day I die. Goop or nuts? Goop or nuts? Jack, goop or nuts? I I don't
1: even know what that question is. What the hell? Do you not eat pecan pie, Stas? Oh, goop or nuts. Nuts? I
3: don't like it. Any variety of pecan pie? You don't like any variety of pecan pie? No. Is it because you don't like pies? Because you don't like crust? Because you don't like biscuits? Because you're bad?
4: Yeah.
3: What about just the filling? Do you like pie filling?
4: Uh, I don't like nuts a lot. So, I don't like pecans.
3: D- D's nuts. There it is. <laughs> D's nuts. Uh, I have to get Family that in.
4: Show.
3: Do you know that there is a? Well, there is a company. First of all, our bar manager D is making a drink. I think with nuts, and it's going to be called D's nuts. And there is a uh, nut company, a legit nut company, out of Louisville, Kentucky. And I saw them on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And their their Twitter their their thing is D's nuts because it's you know they're D. And they sell nuts. Spelled yeah. Apostrophe S. Nuts. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar except for the Z. Of course, you know, whole groups of people enjoy using a, uh, a Z instead of an S. Jack, I, I would imagine you might occasionally – No, I'm
1: not a Z guy.
3: Come on, Jack. Back in the day? Yeah, for sure. When you were downloading, when you were downloading uh, programs, were they where's? Yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wow, what a reference. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Try to keep current on, on stuff from like ten years past. Like, yeah, like I'm I'm very current on what was going on ten years ago. So uh, this is our first time back from Thanksgiving. Uh, so Stas actually had a question. I don't know if I was supposed to say it's from her or not, but this is the first time Nastasha's ever written a question That's into this. This is big. That's oh, not true. Well, maybe she wrote well, she's fake written ones.
4: Questions before
3: and just not told me. Yeah,
2: maybe you just ignored her.
3: Like who? who Nick talking? <laughs> oh, ah, Nastasia totally busted him. So here's uh, the first I know of question from Nastasia. When your friend is overcooking a turkey at his house, his house, remember, can you tell him to take it out of the oven or give him any type of direction, especially if he thinks the turkey needs another hour? This is right. an
1: etiquette question.
3: Well, it's an etiquette question. We've answered etiquette questions before here it's on the true. radio, like regarding whether or not you're allowed to mess with people's tomatoes, and then we got right. Daniel in as a result. So here's the thing. First of all, uh, it's, a tough, it's a tough call. I think a lot depends on how much gravy they're making. How much gravy were they making?
4: Uh, a lot. Three, three boats worth.
3: Okay. And were they giving you sharp knives? No. Oh. <laughs> well, were there mashed potatoes? Yeah. So you could conceivably take each piece of shoe leather, <laughs> slice it into tiny little niblets, surround the niblets with mashed potatoes, and then drench it in gravy and choke down one slice and you're out. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to deal with the leftovers because they're not in your kitchen, right, right? right? So it's not your sandwiches that he's ruining. Right. So nah, I don't think you can say anything to him. I think maybe you can be like, I think you're allowed one of these. Shoulders go up, head goes aside a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's done. <laughs> I think, you're, I think you're allowed one of those. You know, I think maybe you know. I think maybe it's done. Because, and then like if you're a really good friend, you're allowed to say, listen, you know that little bit of the meat near the thigh that you're worried about is not cooked? That's really not that big a deal. We can slice that off and just pan it later. Really, you don't want to overcook the whole breast and the thigh and the rest of the leg and stuff like that for the sake of that one little piece of meat down by the thigh that we all know, worse comes to worse, I just cut it off and throw it in the microwave for about a minute and a half and that little, that little nugget of meat is done. Right, mm-hmm. no one ever gets down to that part of the turkey that's anyway, true. That's true. except for my house. Oh yeah, but but my point is that uh, that you're allowed to say. Then if they're like, <clears throat> then you all right. Yeah, that's it. Another hour. And just you know, although I heard you got busted because I asked you about this, I was like, well, the one good thing about a badly overcooked turkey is usually the skin's pretty good.
4: Right, but I didn't get any skin. <sighs> yeah.
3: Do you know Johnny Hunter from uh, from the yeah the uh, the underground uh, food and meats collective in Madison, Wisconsin? We visited a while ago. Great folks. Uh, he did the bionic turkey. Mm-hmm. Sweet. The bionic turkey lives on. He uh, Nick, if he was to ever speak, did that once with us. I think or maybe twice. Did you did it with us twice or once. I don't think just you did it just so once. Really? Really? You didn't come to do it at my house with me. No, you were in San Francisco you, at the time. You,
2: I think you brought it in just to do this to circulate at FCI. But
3: no, anyway. So I've done the Bionic Turkey I think three times now, but Johnny did it and it was awesome. So he posted it on Twitter. So go look on uh, Johnny Hunter's uh, Twitter account for his Bionic Turkey or I retweeted it if you have my Twitter uh, at Cooking Issues. I did not do the Bionic Turkey this year because I wanted to go super simple this year for me, super simple. So what I did was I went to the uh, Pollo Vivo place up 117th Street. Between like First and Second Avenue, picked out my live turkey. They didn't have the wild turkey of reasonable size this time. you know, the you know the, the, you know, the style. They only had the little ones, and I wasn't gonna feed all those people with like a like a fifteen pound turkey live. That's like twelve pound turkey in the real life. That's like, it's like me. I can eat that anyway. So I got the live turkey. Let it rest a day. Right. This is, I suggest people do this. This is the easy, the easy height, the easy complicated way. This is the easiest complicated turkey I've ever done. Then, you know how when you teach you to bone out birds, you bone out, like, you cut down the breast and you bone out so that you then roll it back up? But the, usually you don't cut the, you don't cut down the back of the animal. You know what I'm saying, Nick? Right. Yeah. So anyway, so <clears throat> this one I boned out by cutting down the back of the turkey, ripped out the carcass, ripped out the thigh bones, left in the legs. Are you a believer in taking out the wishbone before you bone out a bird or not? Jackie Peeps, that's Jacques Pepin for all of you out there. Jackie Peeps always takes the wishbone out of the bird before he does the, uh which I think makes sense if you're going to carve the breast off of it because then you don't lose that little bit like where your knife goes around. Nils never used to take the bone out. I can't decide whether I like taking the bone out or not. Now it's just a habit. You mm. take the bone out or not? You're too lazy to take the, the bone out. So you lose that little nugget of meat? You can, you, can, you can put the knife in the other side, yeah? You can kind of come at
2: it with the knife at a different
3: yeah. angle. Yeah. My kids, for the first time this year, did the wishbone. Booker lost. Oh. Dax was super happy because Dax knows the grip up high and like yank hard trick and then snapped it off and left Booker with this little stub of wishbone. And Dax was like, Yeah! Like running around the house with the wishbone. I was like, You're not going to get. Like, they both wish for crap you're not going to get. Neither of them were like, You know, I want like, you know, a candy bar or some crap that like I might actually get them.
4: I bet Booker wanted something you're going to get for him for Christmas.
3: No, they both wanted like a $1,000 a day or something like, you know, something stupid that you're not going to get out of it. People need to like... like, Is it that. I'm all for dreaming big, but don't dream stupid. You know what I mean.
2: What if you just wish to win the wishbone competition?
3: For next time, you mean, or like uh, or like that. a retroactive wish? You're like you won as you pull it. You've yeah. won. Exactly. See, that's why I like Nick. It's Nick's gratification. Yeah, sweet. I love that. All right, done, done. I won. Done and granted. Won, granted. Anyway, uh, the simul win. Grant. I like that. Uh, so anyways, so I uh, had the turkey, so now you have the bones. The great thing about boning out a turkey, I say this a billion times, I say it one more time, you have the bones to make the stock. So you bone that sucker out, so dry, salt it, stick it in a Ziploc bag, now the turkey fits in your fridge, no problem. No problem. In a Ziploc with no bones, big turkey fits in the fridge, in the little crisper drawer. Anyways, salted, sitting overnight, take the bones, roast them off, bought extra bones, because that's how I am, made the stock, in the pressure cooker, duh, recon, no venting, uh, let it come down, then the next day, when I made the, I injected the stock into the, I, I salted, took some of the stock, boil it down, salted it up, injected the stock into the into the breast meat, and the legs and stuff, not water stock. Then with a meat injector, then made the stuffing plug, right, The giant stuffing plug, carcass shaped stuffing plug, circulated that at like eighty Celsius to heat the whole stuffing plug up, like sterilize it, you know, pasteurize it pretty quickly and uh, and uh, heat it through. Then use that as an inside heater. Draped the turkey around the stuffing plug, like basted sh- boat ton of butter on it, and then threw it in the oven so it was cooking from both sides at once using the stuffing plug as my heat reservoir. Mm, hmm mmm mm, mmm hmm mm, mm. turkey. one I was like one and a half, two hours done. And, and, other advantage, is because the skin is wrapped around the side, really you're cheating and you're putting the skin that is underneath right on the bottom at the outside. All the skin crisp. All the skin crisp. Crisp and delicious. Yeah, anyway. Uh, As opposed to Stas's turkey and Jack's turkey. Did you have... uh, Which... uh, They sucked. Uh, Nick, uh, how is... uh, Actually, Jen liked this even better than bionic turkey. Mm. I don't know whether it's just because there wasn't the headache of me frying or what. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. No, that's definitely the reason. Yeah. 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 Nick, did you do a turkey? I did not do a turkey. What did you do? I went over to Mindy's place for Thanksgiving dinner.
3: Oh, Mindy, who ran the intern program for a long time. Uh... Uh, how was Mindy's turkey? It was good. Yeah, what'd you do?
2: Straight regular roast. I didn't have to tell her that it was overcooking because she knows better.
3: Right then to that mean because she did, but she did not overcook it. Nope. Turkey was good. Yes. <laughs> gravy. I made the gravy, so yes. <clears throat> hmm. Was that you roasting bones and song? And the day, a couple days before Thanksgiving, it smelled awesome like turkey stock and song.
2: It's probably because we're making. Boatloads of turkey gravy Mm -hmm -hmm. Strong Alright
3: So enough of Thanksgiving Uh, I don't think I have Any other Thanksgiving Things to report Anything else uh, Good or bad on Thanksgiving Anything to report Is that the end Of Thanksgiving We can't
1: talk about Thanksgiving Now until next year
3: We can talk about it Jack what do you want to talk about You want to talk about Thanksgiving
1: No I got nothing Thanksgiving Thursday
3: Right right. (laughs) Yeah yeah. So uh, Another thing I want to say You guys seen the movie The Jerk no. Yeah, yeah. You seen the jerk? Yeah. So Stas, I, like, for some reason, Nastasia like likes to claim that she's never seen any movie prior to like 1995. She's like, that's old. Like, meanwhile, like I've seen like you know movies from the 20s, 30s, teens. So like, it, like especially any comedy movie in like the 70s or 80s. She's like, no, That's really. not true. What's stripes? What stripes? Who's talk Bill Murray? About what using
4: saddles and stripes? And they're great movies. I know, and like, I've seen them all. Oh, you I have haven't seen? Them. Seen the jerk? I can't believe this. One of my favorite movies is Young Frankenstein. And great you know movie. That. It's a great movie. I am really angry right now.
3: Well, you sound it
4: because I feel like I you're am talking enraged. About you, sound like else. Yeah. you sound like she Mike Dukakis. You sound like Mike
3: Dukakis. Real angry too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but you haven't seen the jerk? No. All right. So you'll enjoy this, Stas. You're
4: silent now, like
3: Nick. <laughs> nice fake silent, imaginary silent. For a change. Yeah. Oh! Wow. <laughs> Whoa! She just gave them... Oh, harsh. Anyways, so in The Jerk, and I'll tell you why I feel this way. Nastasha will enjoy this. In The Jerk, there's a famous section where... Steve Martin is the lead character in The Jerk, and he's an idiot. He's not just a jerk. He's an idiot, right? So at one point, he's working in a gas station, and, and the phone book comes, and he's like... The phone book, my name in print, the phone book, finally, like, like great stuff's gonna happen to me, my name's in print, I'm in the phone book. And the guy's like, what the hell, you're in the phone book? And then, like, literally the next scene is, like, a psycho sniper who opens the phone book at a random page and goes, like, Naven R. Johnson, typical bastard. And then, like, go, drives out in a truck and tries to kill Steve Martin at the gas station with, like, a sniper rifle, right? And so it's, like, you know, classic, like, guy thinks he's getting somewhere, but really, it's stupid because who cares about where they are in the phone book? But that random thing does happen to shaft him in life, and so that's what I'm living right now with Amazon. So like, uh, <clears throat> what's happening with Amazon? So like, I'm like, oh, we're in Amazon. My name's in the phone book, and like, because uh, we have the Sears all supposedly on sale. Amazon hosed us. How hard? Did, which, by the way, Sears all is on sale on Amazon, right? But they are like, they like, no one understands what the hell's going on. E- Whenever we had something going wrong with Amazon and the Sears all, like everyone is like, it can't be Amazon. Amazon is a well-run large company, and it must be you guys who are incompetent and stupid. I'm like, no, you don't understand. People, right? Styles people just don't get how crazy. My first
2: instinct.
3: Well, that's also (laughs) true. But like, like the fact of the matter is, is like, it's like, oh my god, I can't even get into it. Then, so Amazon hoses us, and they say they're not going to sell the Alls on Black Friday, even though we swore in a stack of Bibles that they were in stock, which they are. They were at Amazon's warehouse. Stas and I are up there at midnight, you know, Thanksgiving, like, well, she was, I don't know, what, an hour earlier, or some crap, 11, because no, no, no. It, Ohio's on our time mm-hmm. zone? Anyways, so she's, like, she's there, and, like, we're, like, and what? And, like, they wouldn't let us sell live. That was it. And, like, people start some idiot, like, sent us in, like, oh, so what, they're, they're asleep with too much turkey. They <laughs> Meanwhile, Stas and I are up at, like, midnight trying, like, they thought we fell asleep, And we're sitting there like, what the hell, what the hell? And Amazon, even though all of their customer service is not in the United States of America, maybe they have like five guys in Washington who are in the United States of America, right? But they have a boat ton of people who are customer service who have nothing to do with the United States of America, right? Yet those guys also get Thanksgiving off. What the (laughs) hell is that about? No customer service on the Thanksgiving, trying to get the stuff selling.
4: By that time it was Black Friday though, which you would think Amazon would be.
3: On top of. Yeah. Right. So so they're like, well, you, you can't. And then like all of a sudden, Sears all gets flagged as a hazmat device, meaning that it's hazardous material because in the it uses the word torch, I guess, or gas or something in the text. So the computer because they have some sort of like dumb NSA algorithm, like searching it for like terror and hazmat crap is like, uh, yeah, this might be hazmat. So maybe we shouldn't sell this thing. So bang. And then it says could take maybe 42, 48 hours for us to look at it. Maybe longer. So we're like, what the what? Remember this? Mm-hmm. So I get, a, I get a guy on the phone at 8 when they opened up in the morning, next morning. And he's like, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty much shafted. He's like, you have one option. He's like, I was like, they're all in your warehouse. He's like, yeah, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put it on sale on the Amazon website, but really you're selling it, not us. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're selling it, not us. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it means that you have to ship it. I was like, yeah, but you have all of our Searsalls. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. So what then you'll have to do is you'll then have to make your own separate order to ship out from our warehouse as your own self to these customers. So we're like, I was like, what? I was like, then if you're going to accept an order and then you're going to let me ship the order from your warehouse, why don't you just take the order and ship the order? And they're like. No, no. And there is no – this is what people aren't going to believe. They're not going to believe this. There is no way on the computer to say, hey, Amazon, this chunk of 300 orders that you got in, right, this chunk, right, Like, really those are your orders. Can you just ship them out and track them? No. And when, you, when we use Amazon to ship – I'm sorry this is boring people, but I just have to get it off my chest. When you use Amazon to ship as like a – as we're a seller – They don't guarantee they're going to ship it out in a reasonable um, amount of time. Even when you pay expediting, which I did for all of the series Alls that got ordered. I paid the extra expediting. I got totally hosed because I didn't want people to not have it prime speed, right? They don't guarantee that. However, the orders that they took in your name and gave to you, they expect to get out in a reasonable amount of time, and you get dinged if you don't get them out. What? What? I hate them. And then in the middle of this... This is where the, the jerk really came to my mind in the phone book. They also ran out of stock on Liquid Intelligence for no reason. Even though I called my publisher and it's been sitting in the warehouse waiting for their pickup for like a week and a half. They had copies of Liquid Intelligence. Oh, did
4: they not get an interview? Was that the thing? They didn't do the interview thing?
3: Well, They're a publisher. They should know how to get a book to the... Whatever. Anyway, so, yeah, for some reason, like, I got, I got, I got randomly selected in the phone book for, like, singling out by Amazon.com. I'm I'm Bezos' random whipping boy of the day. <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, so anyways, um, we got some questions in other than Nastasia's turkey question. So let's – you know, I'm going I'm to do in reverse. Crap on that. I'm not going to do yet last week's now because they're not on my phone now. I'm going to do this week's and then I'm going to go back I like the first question. You like the first question? All right, so I'll do it. So now you get to know what uh, Nastasia likes because she apparently likes this question. From Jeff Moore in Jersey City. Let's hear it, Jersey. Anything for Jersey? No love for Jersey City? Jack, any love for Jersey City? Jesus. Wow. Wow. He's, he's like, won't even pick up the mic for Jersey City. I think maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> no, I'm here. Oh, there's okay. no love for Jersey City. I'm going to give some love out to Jersey City. Why? What's all the hate on Jersey City? It's the love. Wow. Damn. Damn. Uh, all right. Uh, I've been enjoying the Liquid Intelligence book, but I was wondering... Oh, this is why. you're such an evil person. This is going to give an idea of how evil Nastasia is, people. She just loves to break them. Like, like she loves to break them. If she had them, she would break her own because she loves to break them so much. Uh, I've been enjoying the Liquid Intelligence book, but I was wondering if there's a published errata list so I can mark up my book with any corrections which have accumulated so far... I haven't been able to find one at the publisher site or at cookingissues.com, nor have my attempts at Google Foo. Found it. Google Foo. She, she used to work at, uh, at uh, Sombar and a PDT. Karen Foo is her name, not Google Foo, but now Google Foo is her name. Uh, found it for me. Thanks. And keep doing what you do, Jeff Moore. Alright, Stas. You evil person, you. Uh, <clears throat> only likes it. You remember that song? Remember that uh, group uh, Garbage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm only happy when it rains. It's a good song. Yeah, that is Nastasia. <laughs> that is that is a she's only happy when it's complicated you know you know she feels so good feels so bad she's only happy when it rains Um, so what was the question again (laughs) Uh, published errata okay there is not I am thinking of printing up a sheet though to carry around with me uh, and maybe give it to the publisher Um, so the the basic there's nothing the only thing in there that I know of that actually would affect a recipe is in the Manhattans for two uh, the vermouth is written down as a fat three-quarters of an ounce, and I think it's a fat one and three-quarters I think is the thing. I have to look at exactly what the thing is, but the milliliter number is right. So if you follow the milliliter number there, but go look at the Manhattans for two, and that number is wrong. The other main uh, issue, uh, the issues that I found is that in the uh, classics cocktail section at the end with the, where you have the chart of all the things, they – well, some, they well somehow the the acid numbers got messed up in the befores but not in the afters. so it's not going to affect uh, the recipes except for the vermouth listing in the in the double Manhattan experiments I haven't seen any uh, like errata that actually mess up the um, mess up the recipes I will say in the in the, <clears throat> in the reprint I'm probably going to lower the uh, froze, the frozen daiquiris I might I'm going to lower the lime juice a little bit little bits. Little bits. In retrospect, I might lower it little bits.
4: So there's nowhere he can go.
3: I I just gave it to him. If he's listening, I just gave him the answer. And then like in the next one it's like there's no printed sheet yet. Oh you know what? I think you should call Nastasia. I'll give her your cell number over the next radio program and you can call her for the errata list. How about that? Does that sound Nick? Sound like a good idea? That's a
2: great idea. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I give you a hint. It's in California, so it's like she still <laughs> has like a, like she still has the first cell phone she got when she was like like twelve from Covina, California. She still has the 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 area code. My first cell phone was in New York City, so I still have like an honest to God New York City cell phone and half since. You know what Booker actually wants a three four whatever it is instead of he has a nine one seven. he has a nine one seven. He I have a
1: two one, one two. two. Yeah, on your yeah, cell phone, on my cell. How the hell do you do that? Uh, Some place in Queens.
3: Like What do you mean? It's like you go there and you're like, yo, give me the 212.
1: I was young. I don't know. They were just like, you want 212? And I was
3: like, yeah, I'll take it. Of course you do. You, yeah, can, right. you can pretend to be Manhattan forever. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyways. Also, I've never been to Jersey City, really. I'm sure it's a great place.
3: Have you been to the Hoboken? Not
1: really. I don't spend much time in Jersey.
3: I was once. I had to go to Hoboken. I, mozzarella is great there, by the way. Have we talked about that on the show? Yeah, the mozzarella there is great and worth going to. Read anything that Josh Ozersky wrote about mozzarella and, and to find uh, uh, suggestions there. But the only real time I've spent there other than that was uh, back when I used to work at the lawyer's office. Uh, this is how little work that we did. They, this is before Powerball was in New York. They literally put me on a train to go buy the office's Powerball tickets in Hoboken. Wow. Keep in mind, I was their computer consultant. So I was like theoretically making a decent wage, You know, more, much more decent than I have made since. <laughs> and yet I, like, I was put on a, on a train over to Hoboken to buy lottery tickets. We didn't win, which we we didn't win. I don't know where that fact. Okay,
1: can we take our sixty-second spot very quickly so we have more time? All right. Okay, here we go.
3: It is so exciting to
0: have this new medium.
3: Hosting After the Jump has been a huge part of me
4: transitioning from being a blogger to somebody who has sort of real important conversations
0: with people in real life. My show, I, I kind of describe it as an audio trade magazine.
1: I learn a ton from the guests every week, whether it's, it's restaurants, bars. All the hosts at Heritage all come from different perspectives. Everyone should be
2: listening to this if you're interested in conservation and And practical approach to renewable food sources, you know, not this big industry. Whether it's history,
0: uh, laws, social policies of food, I think people now take food seriously and hopefully what's on their plate will become something very special. And I feel that podcasting has a future, giving people information in a format they can really use on the go.
1: We need your support to keep these conversations going. To donate, visit heritageradio dot org backslash donate.
3: We need your support. Give us your support, right? Yeah, that was it. Support. That's uh, you. Don't talk like that, though. See no. it like you can never judge what someone actually sounds like based on my imitation, because that's my like eighty year old lady from like the outer boroughs.
1: And your Jack Inslee impression?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I just like no. It's like I don't know. No, my normal Jack impression is using my normal voice. I don't really have a you. I don't have like you. You sound normal to me, so I don't have like a. Real impression for you. you know?
1: Well, it's Giving Tuesday, so if any uh, Cooking Issues listeners yeah. want to donate, um, that would be awesome. Show your support if you like the show.
3: Is tomorrow Giving Wednesday?
1: No, no actually, Nick decided what tomorrow was.
3: What's tomorrow? He can't
2: say it. I the- can't say oh, it. Oh,
1: can't say it on the radio. No.
2: It's, it's SE Wednesday.
3: <laughs> SA Wednesday?
2: No, no S, not SA. No. S- we can come dash, up with another dash, word, dash, maybe. dash dash Y Wednesday.
3: Mm, I, don't know, I don't even know. Uh, uh, you'll tell me afterwards. I'll okay. Tell you by the way, I know what I forgot to talk about. People, uh, WD fifty closed. I went on Sunday to the final, uh, the final meal, and they had like a family meal party yesterday. They already taken down the neon sign. End of an era. And, yeah, sad. But. He's ending on a high like, – at first I was like you – because know, I, you know, I talked to some people about it. I was like, oh, well, he's ending on a really high note. There's no better reason to have to end a restaurant than they're going to knock the building down and they paid you, you know, money to get out. You know what I mean? They're like they paid you a bunch of money to give up a successful business so they could knock the building down and build like an ugly, stupid high rise. Right? It's about the best way to leave a restaurant. Uh, you know, and uh, but still, when you're there, and then you were like, oh my god, it's a restaurant. Like all these people now need to ha- have find new jobs. I spoke to a lot of people, and like you know, I think a lot of the folks there have uh, you know found other good places to go. But you know, I, I hope they all have wish. Wish everyone from WD uh, good future. Um, great restaurant, end of an era. Um, okay. Hello, Dave and Hammer. Emailing you live from Putin's new Byzantium, Moscow, Russia. Do, do they have like like imagine like uh, they should have announcing like that over there? Do they? I don't know. I'm not going to do it in my Russian accent though. I have an okay fake Russian accent anyway. Uh, congrats on the new. Well, he's not. The guy's writing is not Russian though. Uh, he's English anyway. 80's uh, name uh, congratulations on the book as I read it I can hear Dave's disembodied voice in my head which worries this Englishman yeah right it worries Nick too Nick's got like a like a Dave voice face which is similar to Anastasia's vegan face on right now you've reignited, uh, reignited my need for a fuse that's centrifuge to those of you not in the know on this post below you mentioned that the size of the Juan 3 liter rotor affects the G's pulled versus the lighter champion E-34 so the E-34 I thought it was the E-33 but maybe it's E-34 now you know things get better so the uh, the, the deal is both of them uh, – I think actually the Arjouan goes at around 4,000 RPM and the little guy goes at like 3,000 and change because it's run off of an induction motor and that's just the speed that it runs. Um so here's the deal. Like uh, you can't – the rotor size does make a well, – let me finish your question. Uh, however, how can I or where can I uh, look up and work out what a 1.2-liter 4,000 RPM juan Benchtop uh, Fuge does? Is there a simple equation between mass, uh, RPM, and time that I need to know? Uh, n- well, mass doesn't matter. Mass doesn't matter. Mass irrelevant. The only things you need to know are the radius of your rotor and the speed at which the rotor goes in RPM. And yeah, you look up uh, just look up on the Wikipedia RCF. That's uh, R like Richard, C like C, F like F. Uh, and it stands for Relative Centrifugal Force, and uh, basically you need to know the mean rotor, whatever they're going to take is the rotor uh, diameter or radius, depending if to look at it, uh, usually in millimeters, and then the speed in RPMs, and it will calculate the relative centrifugal force for you. And there's, ca- there's like JavaScript calculators all over everywhere because this is stuff that people have to do every day. So then you just need to know the radius of your rotor, which is easily findable on any one of the websites and the thing. But here's what I'm here to tell you. Well... For a given bucket, for a given rotor, uh, the speed of the centrifuge is super important because it's the number of Gs that are going to determine what the separating power of the centrifuge is. However, it's not the only number that's important. So on a spinning bucket rotor, right, you need a relative – which is what we have with the, with, the, with the Juan, with the big one that I use. You need a relatively high number of Gs not to clarify, right, you need a relatively high number of Gs to compact all of the crap into the bottom of the bucket and have it so that when the centrifuge uh, stops, it doesn't refloat up back into the stuff. That's what you need all the extra Gs for over the first, like, you know – that 2,000 right the extra 2,000 G's that you need in that are really just to smash the pellet tough so that it doesn't resuspend when you spin down and that's also why you need to spin it for like 10 15 minutes and not for five minutes because the stuff is really clear inside of like three to five minutes but it's just not densely packed in the bottom now uh, like how well it packs is dependent upon uh, a couple of things one is Uh, the, the, you know, the speed of the centrifuge, the number, the amount of G forces it has, but also how far the pellets need to, the particles need to travel through the liquid before they smash. And for a spinning bucket rotor, they need to travel a relatively long distance and they're getting forced directly into a big flat plate. So they need a relatively large amount of force to smash them down into a pellet, into a puck. Uh, in, a, in a fixed angle rotor where, they, where the sides of the rotor are at an angle and the liquid hits them and then the, pe- uh, the, the particles hit the sides and then slide down, those things kind of grind the particles into a pellet faster and so they can work with uh, lower Gs. So a fixed angle rotor is going to give you easier clarification at lower Gs than a swinging bucket, but the swinging bucket is typically going to have a higher uh, capacity. Does that make any sense? Yeah, hope that helps. Uh, uh, iPhone thinks I want to take a picture instead of uh, helping you guys with your questions. It's wrong. It's wrong. Um, Okay. And, okay, that's it for this. We're going to go on to last week's questions, uh, which I'm going to uh, call up. You you want to say anything, Nick, while I'm looking up last week's questions? The answer better be yes, or I'm I'm going to do terrible things to your pizza. Just terrible things. Nothing. You're a bad person. You're never invited on the radio program again. Uh, never, never. Uh, okay. So uh, <clears throat> the last question we asked was was uh, the pretzel one, right? We do did we, did we talked about tempeh last week or two weeks yeah. ago?
1: Yeah, we did. All right.
3: Uh, and we talked about uh, can man. Maybe we got maybe we got everything. I doubt it. No, it's like the, we I know we missed a whole bunch. Oh, I know what happened. They never made it onto Dropbox. I had to send them into the uh, into the into the email thing. Hmm. 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 All right. All right, people. I apologize. And since Nick is such a low quality human being, you know what? Before we came on, when I came in late because of my bike, he thinks it's freaking hilarious. I'm gonna hit him with I'm gonna hit him with a lead pipe as soon as this is over. But uh, he was telling all kinds of stories back from the uh, true. yeah yeah all kinds of stories about like you know. Uh, me hitting him with lead pipes. How much I could hit him. Wish I could hit him with a lead pipe. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, okay, so we got the lemon sorbet question, and we got the ramen, we got the salt, we got the tempeh. We did not get to freezing, right? Did we? Did we talk about freezing? It
4: depends on what it is about.
3: The gin and juice with the freezing. No. Okay. Uh, Another Dave here from the U.K. Love your show. Only stumbled across it a few months ago and wish I'd found it years ago. I've been working through the archives uh, and they make great listening whilst I'm pottering about in the kitchen. Pottering. I've never heard that in a long time. What do you think, Stas? No. You pro? No. Pro? Maybe, not pro-pottering? No.
4: no. Maybe puttering. puttering. I'm sure puttering?
3: whilst he's puttering. It. Well, I know. Maybe it's in the U.K. I don't know. Maybe you potter in the U.K. Maybe you potter. I don't know. I don't spend much time over there. Uh, I've already heard a ton of useful information, but he spells the English ton. Are you for the English ton? Two N's and an E? No. No? (laughs) No. No? Uh, Of useful information from listening to you, which inspires me to try new things in the kitchen. I feel I've learned so much uh, that I thought I'd uh, better do the decent thing and help support the show. So I signed up and became a Heritage Radio Network member the other week. Keep up the good work. Sweet. This is from Dave W. Um, I have a quick question. I bought your book and started off by making a gin and juice. I wrote a blog post about it. I saw that, actually. You said, what you obviously saw is you made a comment on it. Thank you. So the agar clarification process for the grapefruit is very straightforward and works very well, but it takes about three days. That's not really helpful if you suddenly have an urge for a spontaneous cocktail. I was wondering if I could make up a larger batch of clarified juice and freeze it in smaller portions, enough for a couple of drinks. How well would it keep in the freezer? Would it lose anything over time? It's already been frozen once during the process, so I figure it's worth trying. I just wondered if you had an opinion. Thanks, Dave W. Uh, yeah, you could totally freeze it. So, grapefruit juice juice freezes quite well, Uh, clarified grapefruit juice freezes quite well, Uh, clarified apple juice freezes quite well, Uh, clarified uh, lime and lemon juice, no, not so much. Uh, They still taste like poison. Not as much. You know, I did a study uh, of uh, pre-mixed drinks that were frozen for a long time versus kept at room temperature, and the room temperature ones did taste more poisonous with the lemon and lime juice in them than the one in the freezer, but uh, the one in the freezer still tasted poisonous to me. And you know what I'm saying when I'm saying poisonous, right? Like, not actually like poison, but you know that like poisonous taste, that detergent, poisonous, like real lemon, like fake, like crap hole, like 70s supermarket flavor? Mm hmm. Familiar with it? Mm-hmm. You might know it from such things as like the skinny, like margarita, that skinny, like lady margarita, like her. That tastes like poison to me. You ever had one of those things? Poisonous. Yes. They taste poisonous, right?
2: Why, why have you had one of those?
4: We've done events where it's there, and then they made. Remember, we went to an event and they made your drink, and they used like stuff
3: like that. Yeah, oh my god, no! Remember when I mean, we threw it away and we had to go get new? And I've had also. I, was, I remember we were at one of these shows. I think it was called the Fancy Food Show. I think it was that one in in uh, in Javits. And this person's like, I make I make you know frozen lime juice concentrate, lime juice, and I was like, I hate it. And he's like, No, ours is really good. I'm like, But, buddy. I hate it. Like, like, He's like, no, try it. I'm like, okay. And the best I could give him was, it's not as terrible as the rest of the poisonous stuff that I'm used to tasting, which is true, which is true. Actually, this is strange. You know how I think limoncello tastes poisonous? I actually had uh, a, a really a good limoncello the other day. Nice. I'm going to be using it at of the Cocktail. It's at the bar. Do you like limoncello?
4: Depends if it's really good. Yeah, but
3: yeah, doesn't most of it taste like poison, like detergent, like pledge? Mm-hmm. Nick feels same way. What about Jack? You lemon cello guy? Yeah,
1: it's either that pledgy taste or like too sweet. It's hard to find in between.
3: I like it when it's got both the lemon pledge flavor and the too sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's there you the go. that's the best. That's the best. Uh, anyways, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what the hell was talking about that. So yeah, those things taste like poison. So don't do that. But grapefruit juice, all that stuff is fine. Uh, what I would do is if you're gonna freeze it, there's a couple ways to freeze it. Uh, Ziploc bag freezer ziploc bags. If you uh, put like however much you want and then lay them flat on, uh, you know, lay them like close them like you were going to bag a steak for low temp, put your finger in it, and then like let the air out slowly on a flat counter, pinch it at the end so there's no air bubbles in it, and then uh, just put them on a sheet tray in your freezer until they freeze in a flat configuration. That's the best way. And then you can, like, stack a lot of them in the freezer. You don't have to worry about it. And they freeze relatively quickly. And because they're flat, they unfreeze relatively quickly, which is also good. Uh, and if you're in a good Ziploc bag like that, you can throw it into a pan of water and just run warm water on it and thaw it out without, like, overheating or anything super quickly. If you freeze it in quart containers – it takes forever for them to thaw out and it's a huge pain in the butt uh, and plus also when you drop a quart, when you drop a frozen quart container, it cracks and there's always like – well, here's what always happens. You pull it out of the freezer. You drop it a little bit or it cracks or someone throws something into the freezer and it cracks the quart container. You pull the quart container out. You don't know it's cracked until it starts thawing and the stuff starts leaking out all over. Here's the real problem with that. Not only that but the stuff that thaws out first is all the sugar and flavor and so all the sugar and flavor leach out and you're left with a crappy ice cube and then you're you're still going to try and use it for a drink because it's all you've got and you feel bad because you wasted all this product you spent all this time on. So what I'm telling you is don't use the core container. Uh, another alternative, if you know you're only going to make a really like couple couple of drinks at a time, it's not as ideal from a storage standpoint. But you freeze this stuff down in ice cube trays. They're never going to get as firm as a real ice cube because of the sugar and whatnot. But then – Pop them don 't leave them in the ice cube trays that 's rookie move. Pop them out of the ice cube trays. Put them in a ziplock container in the fridge and then you can pull them out cube by cube. Just make sure you measure beforehand the volume of your ice cube trays so you know how much juice is is in each cube and you 'll find that if you 're decent at it, like you know, your cubes are going to be pretty accurate to within like you know, way less than a quarter of an ounce per cube. And so you'll be able to accurately judge how much juice you're going to add just by throwing a certain number of cubes in. And then you can do stuff like the juice shake from the book. Anyway, whatever. What
2: if he wants to use a liter container?
3: Instead, instead of a oh, – because he's English? Hardy, <laughs> mm, Hardy. Actually, in fact, you know, I found out that most people over the world don't have core containers. Like, like, like even when I say most people all over the world, like San Francisco doesn't use core containers. They find them to be ungreen. That's a lie. Oh, maybe in Encanto they used them, but how many restaurants did you go to that you like your friends you went to and you're like, Where's the core container? And they're like, What is that? Is it green and made of bamboo? Right? Come on now. We worked a bunch of events at Stas in San Francisco and we could never get freaking quart containers over there. I think they're green because you use them over and over and over again. I've had the same core containers for years. Do you, do you find them to be bad for the environment?
2: If you don't throw them away,
3: yeah, they're, they're fine. fine. They're fine, right? Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, leader containers.
2: So they don't he wrote have a ton with a two ends and an E.
3: So what about the what, what 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 size Ziploc bags do they have over there? A four liter Ziploc? Yeah. Le- Inst- instead le- of a gallon? A
2: liter a liter bag.
3: Yeah, but what, what like a gallon bag is the one we use. That's the baller size. So like what like what are those? Four liters? A two liter bag? Four liter bag? What do they have? We don't even have a two liter bag here. I don't know. Okay. Uh did we do the thing on clarification? No, I don't think so. Jesper called in about clarification. I know you have a backlog already, which I heard in the last episode. Had some questions in regards to the Liquid Intelligence book, which I've had for three weeks and uh, three weeks and enjoy. So now like five weeks. Uh, but I will anyway push uh, push you some more uh, questions into the FIFO list. I understand there's some known typos. All right, we took care of this one. I'm not going to get into that one again. I'm not going to get into that again. I'm not going to get into it. Not going to happen. love oh, you're so you're so evil. You know, Stas won't read the book which I don't blame her by the way yeah. cuz she has to work with me every day. But here's what she said, I don't even consider it a book.
4: I actually used it on Sunday as a separator. A separator of what? Between two hot things to carry
3: to somebody. <laughs> <Awesome man. laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, she can't even look at it as a book. It's like an object. It does contain words. Like she like will admit that that like there are words. So, you know, My name's in the phone book. (laughs) Uh, Okay. My main question, which I guess you may be tired of, is on the topic of clarifying lime juice. I followed the steps in the book but could not identify any noticeable differences between the steps uh, uh, that that you're doing, I guess, apart from the last one after uh, I ran the centrifuge. My question. By the way, so my lime clarification, the way it works in the centrifuge is you you juice the limes – you add uh, enzyme and you add something called kiesel salt to it, which is suspended silica salt. You wait 15 – and what that's doing is the, 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 um, the enzyme is breaking down the pectin. It's called pectinic, pectinic ultra-SPL, but you can't use it by itself because the lime juice is too acidic. So at the same time, you add kiesel salt, which is a charged uh, silica salt. It attracts the charged particles in it, which a lot of the turbid particles are. Most of them are. All of them are. Attracts it to it. Nick was trying to say that I'm a turbid particle, which is true. Uh, attracts it to it. Then you add the uh, – then you wait 15 minutes for that reaction. Then you add the kiesel saw, the chitosan, which is the opposite charge, and it gloms them together again. Wait 15 minutes. Add the kiesel saw again. Re-glom and spin. So that's what it is. Anyway, uh, after you add the kiesel saw the second time – so this is the last step. Uh, how long should you wait prior to running the fuse? 15 minutes in the previous steps? I'm adding that question. In the previous steps? Uh, or can you go ahead and run the fuse immediately as implicitly implied in the book? You can pretty much run it immediately. Like, you know, I would wait a couple minutes, but you can pretty much run it right away. My centrifuge has cooling. What temperature do you recommend when spinning? Run it as cold as you can, but not without freezing it. Like, I run it, run it at, like, run it at like you know, zero or, like, four. I think we keep ours at, like, four when, it's, when the, when the refrigerator is working, that is. We keep it at four. Uh, should the final clarified juice, apart from being transparent, also be colorless? No. No, no, no. Clarified strawberry juice is bright red. Thank God. Imagine if I go – remember – so like the, the Roca's, right? Like Juan Roca, Jordi Roca, those guys and El Calar Can Roca. Like uh, they used to do clear desserts where they would actually rotovap things and make them colorless because they were doing distillation. Distillation is the only real way I mean, other than like you know stripping color with charcoal to make something – Because that's how they do it with uh, rum, by the way. You know they age rum and then they strip the color out with the charcoal. Doesn't don't care. The so usually like that's the only way to get rid of color. So like remember that clear is different from colorless. So like strawberry juice, if you can read a newspaper through it, it's clarified. Uh, But the newsprint's not necessarily going to mean it's not necessarily going to look white. You know what I mean? It's gonna it's gonna look like the color. So lime juice should be kind of like a. Very light green. Very light green. Anyway, uh, thanks for the program and support, Jesper from Sweden. Uh, okay, and we have some more cocktail questions. Uh, first, well, so, uh, what?
1: Just so you know, we're running out of time. Uh, yep. Uh,
3: okay, so we will get to the uh, punch, Regency Punch question on the next time. I have a, a whole bunch on Regency Punch. So whoever wrote in uh, on fat washing and Regency Punch. I think it's BJD. We'll get to you next time on Cooking Issues.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at Heritage Radio, Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.